Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. So, about 2,000 years ago, there was a really good prayer meeting going on. Good prayer meeting, praise and worship session, 120 of them in a room upstairs. And then the Holy Spirit just interrupted their meeting. Sorry, sorry, we're having a meeting here. God, would you just remind, you know, would you mind just remain outside? We want to carry on with our meeting. No. No, no, that wasn't the response. So. The context for Pentecost. There was this Jewish festival. This Hebrew feast. And. They were celebrating a couple of things the number of different threads that were sort of interwoven. We, we know it as the f- feast or the festival of Pentecost. It's from the Greek. Pente, you get a pentagram, five-sided shape, right? So Pentecost, 50, 50 days after Passover. But on the Hebrew side, the Shavuot, which was the Feast of Weeks, it was seven weeks. Seven times seven is? Okay, so you did pay attention. 49 plus one more day, the 50th day. So 50 days after Passover, they would celebrate. And, and it was one of the three festivals that the Lord commanded the people of Israel, to present themselves for worship at the temple. And they they wouldn't come empty-handed, interestingly enough. Part of the festival was first fruits. Now, we're in the southern hemisphere. Israel is in the northern hemisphere. Okay, just checking your geography. We're heading into winter, but they're heading into spring and summer. And so they brought the first fruits of the harvest. And by faith, they brought the first fruits. But when you bring the first fruits, it blesses the harvest. God's trying to teach us something. He always gives the best. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Didn't hold anything back. And the whole thing of first fruits and bringing the best, the accepted and acceptable. All these principles that are woven in and it's all done in and through faith. 
And so they would also remember the giving of the law. It was later in Jewish tradition that they, they recognized, oh, hang on, wait a minute, it was 50 it was 50 days from Passover that Moses received the law. So people from all over many different regions came to Jerusalem for that festival. So when the Spirit was poured out, you'll see this in Acts chapter 2, these guys were saying, but hang on, wait a minute, we come from these different regions. How is it possible that these guys, Galileans, not well educated, how is it possible that they are speaking and praising, telling of the wonders of God in, in our language? This is a miracle. This is, this is weird. A bunch of other things were going on. It's kind of like, whoa, these guys are drunk, man. They're uncontrollable. Amen. They're staggering around. Amen. Yeah, it looks like they're under the influence of something. <laughs> Peter had to stand up and say, yes, they are under the influence, but not what you presume. These are not drunk with wine as you presume. But they've been filled. They're under the influence of the Spirit. People were amazed, bewildered, perplexed. And to this day, religious people are amazed, bewildered, and perplexed. When the Holy Spirit touches his people, kind of, what's going on here? I was just watching what the Lord was doing in the meeting and I'm thinking some of you are getting Pentecostal on us. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah, it is Pentecost. Yes. But this amazing contrast. See the giving of the law through Moses. But the New Testament, it's not an external set of rules. It's the Spirit. I will take out, take out your heart of stone. The law is written on stone tablets. I'm going to take out your heart of stone. And put my Spirit within you. I'll give you a new heart. I will write my laws on your heart. So we're now under the rule, the government of God. Not under the external law, rules. We're under the government of the Spirit. And this crazy thing, you know, Moses came down the mountain and the people had absolutely blown it. It's amazing. Stay on, stay on track. 
But the manipulation of the masses. They had just come through the Red Sea. Which is amazing. I mean that, that Red Sea thing. I mean think about it. Egyptian army bearing down on them. They're coming out of bondage, out of Egypt, out of captivity. God's promised them freedom. And it's like, we just get in the way. It's like in their worst nightmare. Come on. So many of us, prophetic words, promises, things we know that the Lord is, is leading us towards. And we haven't quite got there, and then everything goes bad. Trap, mountains on either side. Sea on this side. Egyptian army coming. Trap, nowhere to go. Stuck. Crying out, God, did you bring us here just to kill? Were there not enough graves in Egypt? Like we had to come out here. And in their darkest hour, fire of God comes down. And a wall of fire is acting as a barrier between the enemy and God's people and His purposes. Fire. Fire and wind. Come and do it again. You see, because all that night, the Ruach of God, the wind of God, the Spirit of God blew. Because in the Hebrew, it's the same word, Ruach, wind, spirit. And the wind of God blew all night and opened up a way where there seemed to be no way. Fire and wind. And in the upper room, a sound like that of a mighty rushing wind blew in the room and opened up a new beginning, the birthing of the church. The Lord's wanting to breathe upon us, blow upon us in a fresh way, and open up new seasons, birth new things. The wind of the Spirit. And the fire of God came down And it appeared to be as though there was fire that had separated and became like little tongues of fire on each one. And these guys, like freaking out, because, you know, they didn't have cameras on their phones to kind of take a selfie. It's like, So they didn't know they had fire. They just thought all their mates 
we're on fire. It's like there's a fire in you, mate. And the axe is staggering around a little bit drunk. Well, you drunk and you, you know. So you got fire too. It's kind of like, what? Fire of God comes down. Later on, these guys, you know, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, boys, it's good that I go away. Because when I go away, then another one just like me. Alos parakletos. Another the same as will come. He will remind you of what I've said and he will lead you into all truth. Long time later, these guys kind of like, oh, we get it now. Fire. That's right. Because three and a half years earlier, John the baptizer, he says, I'm not the one. I'm just preparing the way. I'm like a voice crying in the wilderness. But there's one who was before me, but he will come. I'm not worthy to just even to untie the thongs of his sandal. I mean, what, what's, the, what's the deal about untying thongs of a sandal? On the night that he was betrayed, he took off his outer robe, put on a towel. And the worthy one, the most worthy one, bent down, knelt down. And he took the shoes of his disciples and he washed the dung of their feet. He took the position of the lowest of the low, like a slave. And John says, I'm not even worthy to be like the lowest of the low. When he comes, listen, I'm baptizing with water. But when he comes, he'll baptize you in and with Holy Spirit and fire. Three and a half years earlier, later the Holy Spirit reminds these boys, hey, that's what Jesus said, fire. What's the fire do? Fire cleanses and purifies. It burns up the chaff. The, the stuff that is just peripheral shouldn't be there. Fire purifies. I will come like a refiner's fire and I will purify my people. He's the holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. The fire of God comes to take away all the stuff that we don't need. Come on. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, 
and Abednego. In the fire, they've been tightly bound up. They get thrown in the fire. All of a sudden, they're up, standing, walking. No more cords binding them. The fire burnt off the things that were restricting them and holding them back. The fire of God comes and it burns off the things that restrict us and hold us back. Nicodemus is talking to Jesus middle of the night doesn't want to be seen learned guy scholar influential religious figure and he's like searching for truth Jesus talks to him about being born again by the way when your work colleagues tell you I don't want to have anything to do with this new fangled born again stuff it's not new it's 2,000 years old it's ancient Jesus said to Nicodemus you must be born again and Nicodemus kind of like I'm a grown man I can't fit back in my mom's womb and Jesus says no you're born of the spirit born of above and then he goes on next verse he says and the spirit is like the wind because in Greek pneuma it's the same word for both wind and spirit same word for wind and spirit sounds a bit like ruach And the Spirit blows wherever He wills. Fire and wind, come and do it again. Come and burn up those things that ensnare us. Come and blow us. Come and lead us. Come and carry us. I, I used to think that in Ephesians chapter 5 where it says be filled with the Spirit. Now I knew that the tense for be is present continuous in the Greek which means be being on an ongoing and continual basis filled with the Spirit. Be being filled with the Spirit. Okay, so, but because it says now, do not be drunk with wine, because there's all kinds of excess and all kinds of stuff that you shouldn't be doing, but be being full of the Spirit. And so the link was hey, on the day of Pentecost, these are not drunk as you presume, they've just been filled with the Spirit. 
So this thing of the new wine will be poured out, and so there's this, this drunkenness. So don't be drunk with wine, but in a sense be drunk with the Spirit. Amen. And I guess we can get away with that analogy. Turns out, though, that that be being filled is actually closer to the action when a sailing boat picks up the sail and the wind fills the sails so that the boat might be propelled and moved forward. Continually have your sails filled with the Spirit. Let the Ruach of God, the wind of the Spirit, continually fill you. Amen. That's just extraordinary what happened on the day of Pentecost. And this is not about a history lesson. This is about how should we live our lives. Yeah? Jesus didn't come for history lessons. He came for transformation. He came to redeem. He came to restore. He came to seek and save those who are lost. And transform us. Adopt us. And they would bring first fruits, the old covenant festival, bring their first fruits. It spoke of it's harvest time, there's increase time. He said, Remain. In the city until you close with power from on high. What's the power for? Just so you can speak in tongues? Tongues is important. Tongues is powerful. I'll eventually get to teach on it. But so much more. He said you will be filled with power and you'll be my witnesses. That thing about being a witness It's good that I go away because the Spirit will remind you of everything I've told you. You'll be empowered to be my witness. The Spirit has come that we might be empowered to bear testimony, witness to His work in our lives. Not a doctrine, not a theology, not a good theory. Hey, this is what he's done for me. I'm, I'm just telling you what he's done for me. Remember the blind guy? Born blind. I think he's, I can't remember exactly, was he like close on 40 years? Because there are a number of those healing things that are roughly that kind of age range. It's like he'd, he'd been blind for a generation. Like, so was this guy blind? Was it because his parents were sinners or was he cursed or what's going on? He said, no, 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 God's glory is in this, bigger than that. Don't worry about those things. 
Sometimes you get so caught up on the periphery. Like what caused it, whatever. It's like, don't worry about that. The end of the story is Jesus, who's the light of the world, brought light to his eyes he could see. He was stumbling about in darkness and the light of the world came to him. And the religious people, no, no, come on, tell us that story again. It's kind of like, why? Do you also want to become his follower? And they were scoffing at him and all the rest of it. He said, listen, I can't tell you theologically all that stuff. All I can tell you, once I was blind, but now I see. He was a witness to what Jesus had done for him. That's all he had to do. Didn't have to correct their theology. Didn't have to be anything other than just tell them, this is what happened to me. And the Holy Spirit has come that we might be filled with courage, encouraged, emboldened, power from on high that we might in the strength and the power of God tell other people this is my story this is my story this is my song praising my savior all the day long because I have to no I just can't stop He's so good to me. He could be this good to you too. In fact, I want. I think he wants to be this good to you. Would you like? You'll have this ability, this power, this supernatural power. Jerusalem, Judea, some area. To the ends of the earth. This works everywhere, basically. It works here, there, further, the whole thing. It works. Jesus said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. He said, and the way I'm going to do it is I'm sending another just like me, the Spirit, and He will be with you always. Not just with you, but in you. Yeah? Because the whole thing is, John says, listen, I baptize you in water. Okay? in water not a New Testament very clear came up out of the water you can't come up out of a sprinkle the Greek is very clear baptizo 
He says, I baptize you in water, but one who comes after me, he will baptizo you. Baptizo means to take a piece of cloth and put it into a barrel of dye and it changes the color. And you take the cloth out of the dye. You can't get the color out of it. It remains. It's permanently marked. It's different. It's changed. Before, after. It's the same word for the Titanic that was baptized to the bottom of the ocean. Immersed. Fully surrounded. It's the same word for when you take a rusk You baptize your rusk in your coffee. You pull it out, kind of like you can't get the coffee out that rusk again. It's fully saturated. It's it's as though it's marinated, pickled. Yeah, pickled, infused. Holy Spirit is he's come to do that f- with us. Amen. He says I'm not just like Jesus was with his disciples but the spirit is in all of us Amen. as disciples. Amen. We got an upgrade. That's why the prophets of old longed to look into what we live in. John He was the greatest of the old covenant, the greatest of the prophets, but he is less compared to us who born of the Spirit and have the Spirit inside. Pentecost isn't just, okay, on the calendar, sing a few Holy Spirit songs and move on. No. Every day we live in perpetual Pentecost. We live in the ongoing benefit of the outpouring of the Spirit. Jesus gave the Spirit and the Spirit is with us and will remain even until Jesus returns. Holy Spirit has not stopped doing what the Holy Spirit came to do.
want to stand? Do you want to sit? What would you like to do? You want to stand? Okay. Every now and then I wonder how this translates online. Holy Spirit. Oza Moya. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and touch us. Touch your people. Would you fill us that every part of our mind Spirit will only take of what he's received from me. We have the mind of Christ. Holy Spirit, would you fill and saturate our minds, our thinking, our reasoning, our will? Would you come and saturate our hearts? That heart of flesh, soft and yielding to the purposes of God, that you would write, you would correct, you would shape and mold our hearts. Cause us to live a life that pleases the Father. Would you touch our physical bodies, even right now, we're healing is needed, be healed in Jesus' name. By the power of the Spirit, be healed now. Holy Spirit, fill our sails. Move us. Move us into the purposes of God. And may our lives be lived for your glory and your honor, the advance of your kingdom. O great King of all kings and Lord of all lords, be Lord of our lives. We ask these things. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and we receive them by the Spirit, even now. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you. The Lord bless you. If you think you can take a little bit more, you can come at six o'clock tonight. We're going to have communion together. We're just going to see what Holy Spirit wants to do. Yeah. We don't necessarily have a set agenda. We say, Lord, we're here for you. Can you feel that there's a shift taking place? It's been going for weeks now, yeah? I mean, that fourth man in the fire just finished me.
well not finished but you know what I mean. It's like this is what he's doing since the beginning of this year. So yeah. So come on. Give somebody else a hug, take him downstairs for coffee, tell them they're amazing. See you next time. Take care.